mobile phones, laptops, tablets, and everything in between. This is Sean and Sean, and you're listening to the Silicon Theory Podcast. Good evening, fellow tech seekers, and welcome to another episode of the Silicon Theory Podcast. I am Sean, your host and moderator, and with me is, once again, Sean P. What's going on, guys? So we wanted to talk a little bit about the review roundup of the Essential Phone, which got into reviewers' hands earlier this week, and a lot of information started to come out, important information, because it's the actual hands-on of mobile tech reviewers with the device. We're still hoping to get our hands-on one as well to do our own review, but in the meantime, we've been scouring the interwebs for all information as it pertains to the Essential Phone, because this is kind of a, a geek's geek phone, if you will. Uh, it sports a very unusual design. It's got some really interesting material choices. But I will turn it over to Sean P. He'll give us a quick recap of what the Essential Phone is and what it isn't. And then we'll talk a little bit about some of the information that's been coming out in the reviews so far. So what is what is the Essential Phone, Sean? All right, guys. Just to recap, this is Andy Rubin, who is the creator of Android's baby uh, phone. So it's the Essential PH1. And PH1, if you put it all together and spell out the one, spells phone. Very clever, right? And what we're looking at is a Snapdragon 835, 4 gigs of RAM, 120 gigabytes of internal storage, non-expandable, a 3,040 milliamp hour battery. It has a 1910 aspect ratio, 5.71 inch, 2560 by 1312 screen. And from a design standpoint, it basically has a very small bottom bezel only. The top has no bezel, but it does have a little, they call it the widow's peak uh, for the front-facing camera. It has dual cameras on the back. They went the monochrome camera slash uh, RBG camera route. So again, it's supposed to pick up like better light. From a construction standpoint, it is titanium mid-frame with a ceramic back and a gorilla glass front. No headphone jack, USB Type-C, and then it has two pins that it uses for various uh, accessories. Pogo, the only Pogo, one, Pogo. Pogo. The only one that's available now is a 360 camera. Available now, question it, mark? Well, in theory-ish. We'll, we'll get to that. So uh, it runs stock Android, not just stock Android, like pretend stock Android, actual stock Android. Like the barest bones of barest bones stock Android you can get. I think there's something like... 14 pre-installed apps and that's literally it i'm looking at 20 right now total and it has no no bloat just nothing it's all google stuff no carrier branding of any kind including on the frame and body of the chassis no like carrier logos nothing from sprint nothing like that just it's basically a phone and the idea behind this is andy rubin's big on you own your phone it's your phone it shouldn't be a shill for some corporation advertiser do whatever so it shouldn't have anything you don't want on it it should just do what you want and essential so this got announced Sean and I did a pod on it I'm a little bit higher on it than he is I think Um, I'm starting to come around I mean in some ways like the more I see live uh, reviews of the device in people's hands it is bloody tiny and it has a crazy screen and I'll mention that it's actually an LCD display which isn't my favorite favorite I tend to favor AMOLED displays personally just because of the punchy colors and the deep blacks like the true blacks but it's uh, it's starting to grow on me a little bit there are some things that I'm not super fond of but we'll get into those later as well yeah, I love the design. I actually think it's really unique, and I always admire that when a company comes out with something that doesn't look like everything else at this point. So I dig it. So the reviews. 
This was the first phone from a company, and traditionally speaking, that doesn't go well. Most of the time when a company tries to release their first phone, they bite off a little bit more than they chew, and it's overhyped and then underdelivered. Yeah, that would be an understatement. Traditionally, it goes horrifically, horrifically wrong. And uh, even the Pixel, which was kind of... Uh, a first phone directly from Google went reasonably well, but only again because Google is one of the biggest, most profitable companies on earth and literally has unlimited resources. So to say that this offering from Essential is actually pretty solid is kind of impressive and surprising. Well, and Google had like years of you know, Nexus devices that they got to draw off of. So it wasn't really a first release. I'm going to go ahead and give you a little bit of a... No. I, and I'm going to nope. go ahead and give them a nope. pass because no pass. It, if it wasn't, if they had all of this Nexus research to draw upon from, then the Pixel shouldn't be the way that it is today. But I still love it. It is. It is like. It is like me. It is beautiful and yet flawed. I'm not touching that one at all. I'm not even... Boy, we could have a whole podcast just on that statement, but we're not going to do that. Moving right along. So here's the good news. The reviews are complimentary in many ways, and we'll, we'll cover some of the good things first. I think first, the design is getting praise from pretty much everyone. Absolutely. It's, it is monolithic, but in the best possible use of that term. They say it's weighty in hand. It's got a real nice premium feel to it. The Widow's Peak, you really don't notice. Everyone has said that. You don't really notice it after a little bit of use at all. But the giant screen, you do notice. Yes. And it is small for its size. For a 5.71-inch phone, it is a small phone, which I know that sounds weird, but it is. Like You see it next to things in size comparisons, and it's a small phone. The materials are excellent. The fit and finish seems to be excellent as well. So, again, for a first release from a phone company, those are areas that you would actually expect to see maybe some negatives in it first, and that doesn't seem to be a struggle, so that's good. From a performance standpoint, the reviews have said the performance is excellent, as you might expect. It has top-tier specs, and with just stock Android, there's not really a lot of overhead as far as the operating system is concerned, so by all accounts, it flies. Battery life seems to be a little bit more of a mixed bag. I've seen most people say it actually gets pretty good battery life, above average. Yeah, I've heard decent to well above average, too. So there's a few people that kind of mentioned they had days where it wasn't so great. Um, So lots of good. For a first release, again, those are things that they don't typically get right, so it's, it's nice that they got those things right. Now, here's the main area of complaint, if you will, which is the camera. And... In good light, it seems that the camera does fine. It takes some nice pictures, as you would expect. I think most cameras on the market these days, flagships especially, Could in good should. light, yeah. take good pictures. But in low light, not so much. The pictures are noisy and sometimes just unusable, according to a lot of the reviewers. Now, Essential rolled out an update during the review period, and a lot of the reviewers indicated that post-update, the pictures were substantially improved. They added an HDR mode, etc. But... We've seen some accounts that say it's still not very good. Uh, David, or, um, is Fisher, David Fisher? Michael. Michael Fisher, pardon, I had a brain fart there. He posted some shots pre and post update compared to the Pixel, and the, the dark pictures, the non-good lighting pictures were bad, borderline unusable. Are we so looking at the same article? We're looking at the same article. <laughs> um, awesome. Not, they, they just they don't look good, and they don't look comparable to most of their flagships, I would say. Well, and in fairness to Essential, the phone that is used as the reference phone for these shots is, in fact, the Pixel, which arguably has the best mobile smartphone camera on any phone in existence right now. So clearly, yes, uh, an, a camera 
in a mobile device from a startup company is probably not going to be as good as a Pixel. Hell, their third-year camera is probably not going to be as good as a Pixel. Google's that far ahead in computational photography. But, um, it, you know, it, having said that, the the images are, are trash. Like, they're bad. Like, what I would consider, well, let's put it this way. It is absolutely not what you'd consider from a $700 phone and might only barely be passable in a phone at half that price. What he posted was not good. I will, I will say that. I saw some other pictures on other sites that weren't quite as bad. Low light shots? Low light shots that weren't quite that bad. And who knows what the you know what the situation yeah, true, is. True. Slash Gear actually took the leaked Pixel camera app and installed it on the Essential and took pictures. And they looked substantially better, better. because of the better processing. Shocking. Which leads me to believe it's not the hardware. It's using a Sony IM. X258, and if that sounds familiar, that's the same sensor that the LG G6 uses as its primary shooter, so we know that that's capable of very good shots. Absolutely, g 6 got a great camera. So, it's a processing thing, right? Now, here's the question. Giant companies have a ton of resources, and the reason their cameras are ahead of everyone else is because they've oftentimes struggled, and over the years contributed tons of resources to making their cameras better. HTC in particular was terrible for lots of generations, but the ele- HTC U11 is like a class-leading phone. Um, how many how many versions camera? of the Samsung, Samsung phone cameras were good prior to the Galaxy S7? It, so this gets tricky. I would say Samsung has always been amongst the market leaders in phones dating back to the Galaxy S3 and the 8 megapixel days. Now, it's all relative. That's just in comparison to what was out then. And I think the reason they were better is because their processing was better, Man. which really seems to be the trick. It wasn't because they were using better pro, uh, better um, sensors, per se. Um, because, you know, Sony was using the best sensors. They create the sensor. One of their phones are, take terrible pictures, yeah. generally speaking. So, yeah, you know, Samsung's been good for quite a few generations. Apple's been good for quite a few generations. Those were the top two. Google's recently kind of caught up and maybe is the head of the class for the last three. And LG's been very, very good dating back to the G4. So the main biggest OEMs, if you will, have been good for a lot of years. Motorola has struggled. They've had their ups and downs. Has Motorola ever had a good phone and a camera? Yeah, Their cameras or are... Camera and a phone? Their cameras are serviceable, but they're not as good as the others, period. And then Sony has struggled for years as well. So this is something that even the big dogs have struggled with. The hardware is there. It's good. But I saw someone say, if you're basing your phone purchase on whether or not things will be fixed post-release, you're probably doing Fooling it wrong. Yeah. Just expect that it won't be. Or sideload the Pixel camera and take the pictures for what you will and enjoy Call what you bit. can. Yeah. So that's the area of weakness. And the problem, as you aptly laid out, is the price is so high that it shouldn't have an area of weakness like that because the other phones in that price range don't. Yeah, and that's really where it boils down to most of the criticisms of the of the. Um, sorry, I almost said Pixel. Ha <laughs> ha! There are no criticisms of the Pixel. The criticisms of the Essential phone are that uh, it if if you're going to charge six ninety nine for it, you absolutely can't get the camera wrong. And so far, it looks like they kind of have not in a way that is atrocious or egregious even or even other big words that mean bad things but it takes capable shots in good light it can struggle or it's hit or miss in low light and if that sounds relatively familiar it should because that's exactly what we said about the Z2 Plays camera, and it's exactly what we said about the OnePlus 5 camera, and both of those phones are in the $400 range. 
Well, to be fair, the OnePlus 5 that we used was more expensive than that. It was in the $500 range. But to your point, yes. And I, and I think this is the differentiator, as we've discussed, between the mid-range phones and the higher-end ones is the camera. Yep. As with the OnePlus 5, I feel like the good news here is the hardware itself is quite capable. So they have good hardware. The hardware is there. But as we've seen, unless you have substantial resources or a couple generations of just getting it wrong until you get it right, it just takes time to get a really good camera and so I think you have to question whether or not they'll be able to get there. Is it, do you find it ironic slash hilarious at all that Andy Rubin comes out and says, we want this to be your phone. We're going to strip everything else out of it. No bloatware, nothing. Like we just have a little bit of stuff on it. And the only way to really get improvement from the phone is to install the Google camera APK. Oh, I mean, there's lots of irony there. Uh, not to mention, I mean, it's the essential phone, but it doesn't have a headphone jack and some other things that you might want. So Waterproofing, not yeah. essential. Which I still wonder what the hell happened. There was a tweet that said they were getting it IP certified, which led me to believe that it was going to have some level of certification. I wonder if it was either too expensive or it's still ongoing or what the hell's going on or maybe you just failed the test. I don't know. But I, Nobody wants the rating of IP11, and so that's why they didn't You know it. what, though? As soon as it comes out, people are going to dip this damn thing in water, so you, we're going to find out real quick whether it's waterproof and, or, or and, resistant. And how easy it is to break it from jerry-rig everything, and, and will it blend, and all of these other questions will be answered eventually but but the bigger problem is not that the phone itself has any issues or whether or not the camera is good or bad it's that no one who pre-ordered it still has it so this has been a mess this has just been a freaking mess so just so you did they use an invite system this no. time? They didn't use an invite system, and somehow this may be as bad as the OnePlus One in two days. Or worse. So they announced this phone back on May 30th, and they said it would be out within 30 days. I actually went on the pre-order list where you didn't put a car down. I just put my name in just to kind of get in the queue, so to speak. And then the only news that came out for 30 days was a long list of people no longer with the company, which is probably not what you want to hear if you're going to buy an expensive product. Yeah, when three high-level executives leave before the flagship product product is launched, probably not a good sign. Generally bad. And then there was relative radio silence for a long time, which to me is a PR disaster. Just tell people and be truthful. Hey, look, this stuff took longer than we thought or whatever the hell is going on, and it's coming. Here's the new date. They didn't do that. So it kept dragging along, and it was, it's going to be soon, it's going to be soon it's going to be soon well about a week ago finally the review embargo ended so some people obviously had it and then you could finish ordering your phone and it was going to ship then some people started getting shipment notices last week uh, which we're on a sunday now so at the end of last week friday and it was no rhyme or reason to who was getting shipment notices. So people were freaking out because some of the very first adopters people who finalized their orders immediately got nothing others were getting something so it's kind of a mess then none of the phones actually arrived. No one has it in hand still. They also casually mentioned in an email that it is now certified to work on Sprint, T-Mobile, and AT&T, but Verizon is still pending. So if you're a Verizon customer, even if you get your phone, they won't activate it as new. I'm unclear if you'll be able to just pop in an SD, er, pop in your SIM card and it would work. It very well may, but clearly that's still ongoing. If you're on Verizon, what you really need to do is not worry about popping your SIM card in. You need to worry about leaving Verizon. Yeah. Another story. And then there was a giant hurricane that hit Houston, and I guess logistically there's some of the logistics were coming out of Texas apparently, mm-hmm. so that may have slowed things down. I think there was also another hurricane in Asia that I read about that may be causing some delays. Suffice to say, the rollout's been a disaster. So... 
delays on top of delays on top of delays. They haven't hit any of their time frames. Then the very patient people that have bought the phone are now waiting. They're kind of left holding the bag, expecting their phone, and nothing's arriving. Quick question, quick poll question for you. Whose rollout is worse, Essential or Google with the Pixel? Go. Boy, at least you can still pretend to buy the Essential. Google wouldn't even let you pretend to buy the Pixel because it was just <laughs> sold out all the time. How dare you, sir? So I guess I'll go neither. No, I, there are no winners in this contest, only losers. In all seriousness, it's been a bad rollout. Now, these are the kinds of fumbles, though, that you would expect from a brand new company. They're a brand new company. But the worst thing you can do is overpromise and underdeliver. And, uh, yeah. and and I see, I, you know, I think it's clear why they did it. The first wave of phones came out and they were trying to hit that sweet spot between those phones rolling out and then the next batch, the V30, the Note 8, the iPhone, Pixel um, the Pixel 2. They were trying to get in that. They were trying to sneak in there. And I think they thought that they could bridge that gap and they didn't. And so now, though, the problem becomes now we're squarely in big fall release season. And now people are going to sit back and go, do I order this now or do I wait two weeks to see what Google has in store or Apple has in store or or what LG is going to release. And I think it becomes a lot easier to just wait at this point. The only thing that they really have going for them, unfortunately, is pricing now. Because we know that all of those phones are probably going to cost a little bit more to maybe a fair amount more. And so, yeah, it, I mean, if, if things like waterproofing and a headphone jack and expandable storage don't mean anything to you, then, you know, maybe the $699 price point of the essential device and is, is a good thing. And maybe that's a... Maybe that's what they're hoping to be their differentiator. I mean, clearly their margins aren't fantastic because they're using titanium and ceramic and stuff. But again, and I think we mentioned on this during the essential launch announcement, like they're not going to sell a ton of these phones. So, you know, it, it it's, it's going to be whatever it's going to be, but it'll still be cheaper than most of these other phones when they launch. And I'll tell you why I still really like this phone. I would consider buying it if it were me. I, I'm not because I'm happy with my phone, but it would be high up on my list. I love the idea that it's different. It looks different than all the others. The others still look basically very similar to what we've seen. The iPhone X may be kind of the outlier. We have the small bezel trend, but the Essential still looks different than the others somehow. And when you see it in the pictures, it's kind of striking. I love the build quality and the materials that they're using. Everybody and, raves about that. So that's it's definitely a well-built phone for sure. And the other thing here is... It is stock Android, like stock, stock Android. And we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about this because there's some actually blowback from this. But for someone that wants a phone that doesn't have any bloat or anything, I mean, this is it. Even more so than the Pixels. The Pixels aren't even stock Android if you want to get down to it. They're not. They're, they're Google's version. And we'll, we'll get to the pluses and minuses of that in a second. But all of those things are like benefits to me and to some degree. And the fact that they're going to support it for a minimum of two years with OS updates and three years of security updates. Again, most of their phones, you're not getting that. Like Samsung will probably update their flagships a couple of times, but it's going to be way delayed. You know, it's going to take a long time to get it. You may still get security patches after three years, but I don't even know if you will or not. That's kind of a nice guarantee if you're someone that's looking more longer term. So it still has some stuff going for it where even though on paper it doesn't outpunch the others and even from a dollar value basis it may not be the best, I still really like it. And, and you know, it's small. I do have to say that if you're not looking for a huge phone, it is a smallish phone that still has flagship everything. And, and that's, you know, that's nice. It is. And uh, I agree. It's it's kind of grown on me at the beginning when the announcement was made. I kind of like scoffed at the phone. I was like, eh, not not going to do it for me. 
uh, I'm, I'm spending my money, my tithing at the church of the pixel. And, and as mentioned before, I, for one, welcome our Google overlords, but the, the more I've seen of it, the more I like the look of it. And it's based solely around that, that premium look and feel, uh, of the quality materials of the build quality of the heft of it, the sturdiness of it, the, the general feeling that this is a phone that was made to last. And we talked a little bit about this off air, but the disconnect between the hardware and the software is, is kind of an unusual question. So that's, that's kind of where we were going anyway. So let's just jump right into it. So what the, the existential question of the moment is, what is stock Android? We all talk about how we love a phone that doesn't have a really heavy handed skin. But again, kind of, as you pointed out, what people tend to prefer, or at least what it seems like they prefer from the comments that have been bandied about around the essential phone is that people don't really want bare bones Android. What they want is Android with some tweaks to it, such as the Pixel has with its Pixel launcher and a few other goodies, such as Motorola offers with its Moto Assist, Moto Actions, and Moto Gestures, such as OnePlus option, such as OnePlus offers with basically almost like a custom ROM type feel to it, which is Android, but tweaked in ways to make it mildly better. And the stock Android experience, AKA, like if I wanted to go to the Android open source project, download the code, compile it myself, and then punch it out as an operating system, is pretty much what you get with the essential phone. Is that a good thing? So it cracks me up. All these years when people were buying Nexus phones and all these phones with heavy skins and, uh, you know, Reddit on Android, everyone's like, I want a stock Android phone. That's been like a rallying cry for years. Nexus purity is that. It is the vision, Google's vision of Android, which turns out is not exactly what Google's vision of Android is anymore anyway. So the reviews come out and everyone goes, wow, it's got stock Android. Man, this is really no frills and bare bones. I'm not sure I love this, which just, it, it slays me that after all these years, a stock Android, like, no bloat, nothing Android phone comes out. People go, and now that I have that, I, I kind of wish it had some stuff. <laughs> now that I, I got it. Like, I really... I don't want it anymore. You know, it turns out... I would, Not so much. And we've talked about this. I do think the best software situation is the OnePlus 5 and Motorola software situation, which is stock Android with some useful small tweaks. That And they are. Using the OnePlus 5, using the Oxygen ROM... It's kind of what you would want, I think. It is stock Android, but it has some really useful stuff baked in, but nothing too heavy-handed, and it doesn't... If you want to use it as a quote-unquote stock Android experience, you can do that, but it gives you a little more than that. Uh, so I guess we've now come to... And Google, I guess, has made the same decision, right? Because the Pixels have a different launcher, and they've added some stuff in, and it's no longer quote-unquote stock Android either. It's yeah. Google's vision of stock Android, which is something different than stock Android. So... Which will, I'll borrow uh, a line from one of the eminent poet and sages of our time, and that is Mr. Slim Shady, and I'll say, would the real stock Android please stand up? But it's just one of those things that just cracks me up. I don't think you can please people all the way. It's just so freaking funny to me that after all these years, a phone comes out that people have said, I want a phone that's relatively small footprint with super high-end specs that runs stock Android. That's the phone for me. And then this phone comes out and they go, no, man, this is, this is a little too stock for my place. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, is it, it's too premium. It's too no, stock. It just cracks me up. You're never going to please everyone, I think, is the, you know, what comes out of all of this. But it does just crack me up. 
the market is fickle, and I think that we have decided that what we really want and what we really meant when we said we want stock Android is we want stock Android with some tweaks on it. We just don't want anything too heavy on top. But actual base stock Android now is too bare bones, and we're not happy about that either. I think we we didn't really know what stock Android was because we'd never seen it. And then when we saw it, we go, eh, a little too stock Android. Because what we've been used to, what we've come to associate with stock Android is an operating system that has the ability to be modified in ways that are useful, as opposed to the raw, just now compiled code, which was originally designed to power and run cameras. So in taking it and knowing that, and it could be applied to a number of different mobile devices, but in taking that, it was... Stock Android was something, a vision, many, many years ago, and it has evolved. It has, and we've mentioned this on previous pods, it's now a mature, polished operating system that can accommodate the needs and wants of a number of different people. And taking it back to kind of its roots is is good on Andy Rubin, because as we've touched upon, he's going to offer, his, his startup company is going to offer a level of service and support in terms of software updates that is only matched right now by the Pixel, which is fantastic. I think there were some people who thought maybe they might go a little bit further with that, but you know what? It's not any worse and that's okay. But the end result of all of that is, is I don't, you know, again, I don't think people knew what stock Android really was because if they did, they, we probably would have been having these conversations years ago. Yeah. And as an aside, I think they're kind of under the gun right now. Uh, essentialism. What I mean by that is Oreo's out. 8.0 is out. It right? is. We it, have it. I have it on the yeah, Pixel it's out. They have stock Android. If they really want to wow people and give people a reason to own this phone, I feel like they need to have Oreo out within two weeks from Essential. now. Essential. Do it. Like mid, mid-March. mid Do it. Mid-March. Holy shit. Mid-March. Like a time machine. My Mid-September. God. Pardon. Um, they need to have it out by mid-September. If they do that, I think a lot of people then would take a look again and go... That's pretty impressive because Samsung, let's face it, is probably actually going to be mid-March. It will be mid-March. Slip and all. Um, but the clock's ticking a little bit. If you have stock Android and that's one of your big selling points, then updates, quick updates have to also be part of the equation. And I'm really eager to see if that promise comes true. And this is an excellent opportunity for them to shine. If next week as these phones ship out and you get your phone and you get it, one of the first things you get is a OTA. Android 8.0 is available. Download it now. That would be a real wow factor for me. I don't think they have the resources to do it, but I hope I'm wrong. I th- well, I mean, shoot, all they're doing is uh, they've been putting out uh, OTAs for the phones right now to be able to improve the quality of the cameras. And so, I, you know, again, we've talked about it. This is a basic Android experience. I don't think it would be that difficult for them to do it. But I think you've hit on the key point is I don't know if right now they have the resources to be able to do it because I think everybody's working, even the engineering people are probably working to get these actual phones shipped so that people can get them the ones who bought and paid for them. So, um, you know what? If if they could get it done by the end of September, I would be impressed. I would also be surprised. Prove me wrong, Essential. Make it happen. I, I really do like this phone. I can't wait to get my hands on it, which I can't remember the last phone that I was really excited to get my hands on. This is something unique still, and I still really like the ideas that they have. So I'm excited to get my hands on it. Hopefully we get that soon, You know, whether it's at a Sprint store. Or hopefully we can get a review unit. That would be great. But Working on it. They just... I, I'm still... Yes, it has issues. It has, the you know, first, the rollout issues. It has some communication issues. The company still is obviously going through the, some growing pains. The hardware is not perfect. I, I will absolutely agree to all of that, and I think it's expensive given that it has a, a few issues. 
and still despite all that I really like a lot of what they're doing and I'm excited to get my hands on one you have exactly described the pixel experience it is a flawed device but it is greater than the sum of its parts a lot of it is the software experience and so I think that if people like the hardware and essential can improve the software experience to rival that of the pixel because one of the things that people have said so far is that barring the camera app uh, the the essential phones experience using the phones raw just you know ease of use and fluidity is, is pretty good so I think if they can provide a software experience that approaches the level of the pixel then a lot of these things that are kind of nitpicking right now will will go away in the minds of the end users you make a good product to get into the hands of people and people like it you're gonna have fanboys who will defend you to the death and that's sometimes a bad thing and sometimes a good thing one more thing before we sign off on the essential hit me the camera icon they came up with for their camera app, which is the only thing that they add to that phone, is, is fantastic. Is the most god awful, hideous thing ever. What the what happened? Honestly, it's so jarring for those of you who, like Sean and I, have OCD and see a row of round icons, except for the camera app, which is square and looks like I don't even know what it looks like. I can't even think of something bad bad enough looking that it could compare to oh i can it looks like TouchWiz icon circa like galaxy s2 <laughs> i mean that's what it looks like essential 2011 called they want their camera icon back and like everything else is stock and looks nice and it's totally updated and then you it's like one of those things that once you see it, you can't unsee it it's every time i look at the home screen i'm like you have the beautiful screen that blends into everything these small bezels you have stock android all this stuff going on and then you just have this camera icon and once you see that there's just no them going back. They trash. It's, they it's trash. pretty rough. You need to fix that in the next update, too. Do it when you do Oreo in two weeks. But don't uh, don't let that stop you, Essential, if you're listening from sending us a review device. You can find us in Orange County, California. Thank yeah, super much. excited about your phone. Come on, you guys. Make it happen. Um, I think that pretty much covers all of the review roundup so far. If anything major changes, we will definitely probably hit you up on our Anchor station, so make sure you subscribe to us there. It is uh, anchor.fm forward slash silicon hyphen theory. You can, of course, also find all of our other musings at silicontheory.com. Head on over to the website. You can find social links there for our YouTube channel, Instagram, and Twitter feeds. We are at Silicon Theory on both of those, and uh, we don't have a custom URL for YouTube, so just click on the link. Trust me, it's a lot easier. And, uh, of course, you can subscribe to this very podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold. Final thoughts? Thank you for listening, everyone. I got nothing. Have a great night, and we will talk tech soon. <laughs>